Testing, testing. Dr. Kemp, are you there? Hi, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Thank you very much. Testing, testing. Jim, are you there? Yes, I am. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Thank you very much. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Good evening, and welcome to our special edition of Night with Dr. Cliff Burton Friends, featuring the very best in all the women's sports and HBCU athletics. A little technical difficulty last night, but we're going to bring it all to you tonight. We have a great show lined up, and I want to start out by introducing my co-host, none other, Dr. Marlo Kemp, Chi-Town's finest. Dr. Kemp, tell everybody, hello. Uh, good evening, everyone. Welcome to the show. Glad to have you listening in with us. All right. And of course, coming all the way out of the Motor City, got to get a drum roll. <laughs> Hello, Mr. James Wardell. Tell him it old Jim. Hey, what up, though? Detroit <laughs> style. All right. All right. Detroit style. We'll take a, We also want to say hello to Mrs. Diana Pugh. Our uh, chief of marketing, she's also in our audience tonight in the chat room. And um, we want to get started with just a 10-second moment of silence, and then we're going to get started. All right. Well, a few weeks ago, a few, a few days ago, three people shot dead. One in stable condition on the campus of UNLV in Las Vegas. Authorities do know the name of the suspect, but were held it with their, and are still withholding it at the time. But this person was identified as a 67-year-old career college professor in connection with UNLV. And we understand he was applying for a job there and did not get the job. President Biden weighed in on his shooting. Uh, there were three people dead, and President Biden reacted to the shooting said he's calling on Republicans in Congress to pass a ban on assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. The shooting marks the 80th school shooting in 2023, according to the CNN analysis. So this shooting happened about three miles from where there was a massive shooting at a concert in 2017 in which 60 people or 58 people were shot dead and hundreds more wounded. So, Dr. Kemp, your thoughts? UNLV, University of Nevada, Las Vegas, shooting by the professor. Dr. Kemp. Yeah, it's really sad. Here we go once again with another, you know, college student uh, shooting. Um, students are trying to prepare to um, end the semester and, you know, just someone who is uh, disgruntled and upset, you know, because they didn't get a, allegedly did not get uh, a position, you know, they're kind of take it out on everybody else um, and just leave this um, tremendous amount of heartache for everyone. Um, and it's just really sad. I just wish I'll just be happy when Congress um, do something about this. I'm, I'm sick of saying that, but, you know, hopefully we'll keep saying it and maybe one day something will be done. Yep. Thank you, Dr. Kemp. Jim? Well, uh, piggybacking off of what Marlo said, hopefully we will go to the uh, ballot 
box in 2024 and get some of those people that are stonewalling this out of Congress. But, you know, mental health is real. This person allegedly did not get a job and was so distraught that he went on campus and started shooting. We've got to give people mental health help. And when they don't have, you know, when they have mental health issues, they do not need to have guns. Yeah. Well, Jim, uh, you know, this can't be, unfortunately, further investigated. This person interviewed in this case, I will say that three detectives at the UNIVL, you know, the campus uh, quickly uh, met this person and they uh, did have to fatally put him down. It prevented a lot of uh, more lives that could have been lost and they prevented it. So that's a good thing, but we'll never really get to know what was in the mind of this person. But hey, we have to, I should say, go to the ballot box. We have to continue to put pressure. We don't know what all can be done, but we know what we will not do. And that is remain silent on this issue until we do something about it. And we're going to continue to talk about it right here, Dr. Cliff Burden's friends. Now, let's go. Little known black history fact. Here we go. Reginald F. Lewis was the nation's richest African-American in the 80s. He was the first African-American to build a billion-dollar company known as TLC Beatrice International. He was born in Baltimore, Maryland, and he attended in 1961 Virginia State University, the HBCU in the CIAA. He went on an athletic scholarship, majored in economics, but he lost his scholarship to a football injury, and he had some academic struggles, but he wouldn't quit. He kept studying, graduated. He was accepted to Harvard University School. And when he finished, he went and set up shop on Wall Street. He became the top leverage buyout companies on Wall Street. Two deals. The first one, McCall's sewing pattern. He purchased it for a million dollars. In three years, he turned it over for $90 million, his infamous 90 to 1 deal. And then he would acquire later on TLC Beatrice International Foods, an international food supplier, purchased the company for $985 million, And later on, he would sell it and profit $3 billion. None other than Mr. Reginald Lewis. All right, Dr. Kim. Talk to me, Mr. Reginald Lewis. Wow. That's all I can say is just like, wow. Just amazing, uh, a phenomenal story. Um, Mr. Lewis is just is awesome just to see, um, you know, African American male, um, a billionaire, and just all that he accomplished and what he did to just buy the company and then turn around and sell it for what he did. Um, and actually, that food company was a major um, processing company. I remember, I think it might have been out of Illinois. Um, but they owned like many known brands that we know, like Tropicana, sure. yeah. Krispy Kreme, Jolly Ranchers, just to name a fruit, a few, Oval Redenbacher, Swiss Miss. So these are like all name brands that we are familiar with um, that's coming out of, came out of his company. So, I mean, I think it's amazing and wonderful. I'm glad to know that um, we have these big shoes to fill coming behind him. One day, hopefully. <laughs> all righty jim reginald f lewis well marlo is making me hungry talking about all those things that she was talking about <laughs> that his company produced but to show you how deep reginald lewis was 
1965, he took part of a summer program at Hartford set up by the Rockefeller Foundation that introduced African-Americans to the study of law. He made such an impression that Harvard invited him to law school without even applying. Mm. He was the first person in 148 year Harvard Law School to be accepted without applying. Yeah. Um, Jim, in addition, he's the first African-American to have a building named after him on the campus of uh, Harvard. And um, he also has a book out, an infamous book. It's been written some years ago. It's called Why Should White Guys Have All the Fun? They stated when he was a child with his paper out and he was making money, one time his mother said, I'll do the paper out for you. And so he had to cut a deal with his mom. She had to pay him to do his paper out. And he said to his mom, why should white guys have all the fun. It's a tremendous book. He didn't like the spotlight much, so he didn't go on Oprah Winfrey. Uh, he didn't get into Ebony with John H. Johnson. He passed at age 50. And another fact, he was a tremendous funder when Jesse Jackson in 1984 and or 1988 ran for the presidency. He supplied Jesse with a lot of money. Man, what a businessman, what a role model, none other than Mr. Reginald F. Lewis. And yes, he passed <clears throat> on the date of um, 12-7. No, he was born 12-7-1942. Reginald Lewis, y'all. Yeah. Yes, sir. Now, let's talk about our second, all right? We have another uh, young man, and he uh, passed in 12-25. Uh, in 2006, and everybody knows him. Yes, sir. He's known as the Godfather of Soul, Mr. Show Business, Mr. Dynamite, Soul Brother Number One. Papa's got a brand new bag, Mr. James Brown. I feel good. I knew that I would. Come on, Dr. Kemp, talk to me about Mr. James Brown. I guess, Dr. Burton, we got to say it. You know, say it loud, because we black and we proud. We but black and we proud. That's right. That's right. <laughs> James yeah. Brown, the godfather of soul. I mean, just what an amazing talent. He just brought so much to, to us that we can be proud of, from blues, gospel, um, definitely soul, rock and roll. It's so many... Uh, performers wanted to be just like him. Um, his, but his music would definitely stand the test of time for for forever, and he Absolutely. is definitely missed. Absolutely, Jim James Brown. Yes, sir. Well, not only was he a great musician, but he also would say a lot on Black and I'm Proud, and some of his actions in terms of where he would and wouldn't play. He was a civil rights leader as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I always say that. People like James Brown, thank you, Jim. James Brown, Aretha Franklin, Marvin Gaye, Stevie Wonder were born at the right time. Their music was born. We just came off of the 60s, the Civil Rights Act, the Voting Rights Act, and African Americans were getting in the country. Those guys wrote their music and they were born at the right time. One more time, James Brown, say it loud. Black, and I'm proud to celebrate his life. He passed 1225. 2006. Now, let's move on with our Women of the Month in Review. The first one is Miss Diane Patrice Durham. She was our May 2023 Woman of the Month. 
Born June 17, 1968, she died February 4th, 2021. She was an American artistic gymnast in 1983. She won the all-around senior title at the Women's U.S. National Championships. She became the first African-American athlete to do so. She was Bela and Marta Caroli's first elite athlete in the United States. She helped establish their cultural credentials outside of their country, native Romania. She also trained with Mary Lou Retton, who called Durham her best competition. But after injuries and competition stipulations prevented her from competing in the 1984 Summer Olympics, Durham retired from competition in 1985. She later ran the Skyline Gymnastics Gym School in Chicago. She was our first national African-American champion before Dominic Dawes, Gabby Douglas, Simone Bob. They all came out Miss Diana Durham. Dr. Kemp, what do you think? Our main Women of the Month in review. Ms. Diane Durham. So glad that we were able to bring her to the forefront and speak of um, her and just all the accomplishments that that she um, did, especially you know in the um, gymnastics arena, which you know helped to elevate um, the girls that are coming behind her now. Um, you know, which we know, and it's just so wonderful to know that we have someone um, that actually pretty much you know led the way you know for them. Um, and definitely, of course, she was um, a Midwester. And then, of course, as you've mentioned, just um, was able to operate her own school, you know, so others can um, also develop their talent, um, you know, with her assistance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Ms. Diane Durham. Jim, I'm going to come to you for our next Woman of the Month. And she was our June Woman of the Month. And she was known as the queen of the court, Miss Aura Bell Washington. Born in right after the Reconstruction era, they didn't exactly have her date of birth, somewhere around 1899. But she died in December 21st, 1971, and was an American athlete from the Germantown neighborhood of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Washington excelled in both tennis and basketball. She was inducted into the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame in 2009 and the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame in 2018. Black newspapers referred to her as Queen Aura and the queen of two courts. According to Arthur Ashe, she may have been one of the best tennis players of all time. So, Jim, Miss Aura Bell Washington, tell me what you think. Well, I think that she, you know, we all, like I said, we always talk about Serena and then we even get to, uh, Oh man, I forgot her name. Uh, uh, Althea, Althea Gibson. Mm-hmm. But we we leave out the uh, trailblazers like Or like Or Washington, because we don't know about them. It's glad that you bring this to the forefront, and I'm glad about Cliff. Uh, this show brings these trailblazers to the forefront. I did want to say one thing about uh, Diane Durham, sure, and the fact that. She and and you and Marlo and I will remember this. She was nine years old when she was in Ebony Magazine as look out for these rising stars. Yeah. 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 Yep. So they paved the way, Jim. Uh, I totally agree. And one more fact um, on Aura Bell Washington for our fans and our listeners. She held the racket, the wooden rackets in that day, halfway up the racket. 
not at the end of the racket like tennis players today, but she still was a champion with a lot of people. Hey, whatever works, <laughs> Aurabelle Washington, our woman of the month, June, as we do the year in review. And we got a special one coming for you next week. So, hey, we applaud you. We applaud you. Now, we have some more trailblazers we want to talk about. This is happening next month. There is a groundbreaking gymnastics meet that's going to occur Dr. Martin Luther King's birthday weekend, January 15th, Nashville, Tennessee, Vanderbilt Memorial Gymnasium. For the first time in history, all six African-American women coaches who are coaching gymnastics teams, two NIA and four Division I NCAA coaches will be competing in a meet in Nashville, Tennessee. It's orchestrated by Fisk University's head coach, Kareem Tarver. But let me mention the other ladies' names. Brittany Harris, head coach at Brown University. Ume, U-M-M-E, Salim Beasley, head coach at Rutgers University. Kelsey Hinton, the head coach at William & Mary. Asia Sims Fletcher, she, Fletcher, she's the head coach at Talladega College. And Ashley Miles Gregg is the women's head coach at Iowa State University. We want to applaud them, Dr. Kemp. This groundbreaking, history-making meet is at your alma mater, one of your alma maters. Tell us what you think. I think it's wonderful that they are actually joining together you know, to put, put this meet on so all the young girls and even the young boys can, you know, just come out and see, you know, what they can possibly strive for and, and do, um, you know, if this is a sport that they are definitely interested in and know that they can attend college, um, you know, on a type of, uh, this type of scholarship um, and just so they can see themselves. And if, if they would one day like to be in the Olympics, this is a, a good start so they could see you know, others that are doing it um, in front of them. Absolutely. Jim, your input on this historic meet. Well, Cliff, correct me if I'm wrong. I remember we were either talking to Kiki Baker Barnes or the gymnastics coach at Fisk and asked that, you know, since Talladega was coming into the league, were you going to have a match with the, both the black head coaches? Correct. And I believe someone said that they were trying to get a big something bigger, and this is it. This is it. This is it with all yeah. the coaches. Nashville Memorial Gymnasium, I believe, is going to be packed, and it's just something to behold. Who would have thought we'd be here this quick, or quickly, should I say? This is wonderful. Now, the other history making, we want to give it to Howard University, the Bison's program. They have introduced this year for the first time figure state schools and last year they introduced um the swim team and they were championship team in the first year this year howard university has introduced figure skating let's give them a hand howard university go bison to big hu for sure now let's move on to the wnba we want to say congratulations. No, let's move on to college basketball first. We want to congratulate uh, Iowa's Caitlin Clark. A week ago, she went over 3,000 points. She was the 15th player in women's basketball to do that in her career. But she's the first basketball player in Division I, you know, women, for 3,000 points, 750 rebounds, and 750 assists. That means she's a complete player. And I just, and then, mm -hmm. 
this past Sunday, the Indiana Fever won the right to this year's first draft pick in the lottery. Everybody is anticipating the Indiana would draft Jacob Clark. She'll be teaming up with Aaliyah Boston. I don't think the Indiana Fever will be a last place team anymore. Dr. Kemp, tell us what you think about that. <laughs> Everything that Caitlin Clark's doing for college and her pro career prospects. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. I cannot wait to see them uh, join together next year for Indiana. She won't have far to go. She's just two states over. So go from Iowa on over to Indiana. And uh, he, her, she and Aaliyah Boston are just going to um, just be dynamite <laughs> together. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to definitely see them in the WNBA just to see what they are are going what they're going to bring the excitement of it all you know between those two are going to be something sure enough yeah sure enough they definitely shoot the lights out so uh-huh jim i think they're going to be a great inside outside one two punch you got a leah boston hitting the end of the boards and going inside and then you've got caitlin clark who can shoot from half court <laughs> so you know watch out for this team in the next five years yeah uh you're right Aaliyah boston a all-star thing as a rookie. So she's already established in the league. And you're right. If if the WNBA needed an identity of a Steph Curry, they're about to get it in Kaylin. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. All righty. Now we're coming down to time of year, women's volleyball championships. We said we covered all year, and here we are. Let's congratulate our champions in Division Three NCAA. Let's graduate the Junior Eagles. They are the national champions. National champions. They went undefeated. And in fact, for the second year ago, they won the championship, and they've won 62-0 in the last two seasons. Junior Eagles, y'all. In NAIA, Indiana Wesley, they went 38-0 this year. They're the teams that knocked out the goal. Athletic representative, the Talladega Tomatoes, of but they won the championship 38 and 0, and uh, they ought to be congratulated. Indiana Wesley, yes, sir. In Division II, California State, Los Angeles, uh, defeated last year's champion, West Texas M, and they are Division II NCAA champions in volleyball. They ought to be congratulated. We're down, y'all. We're down to the final four in Division One, And here it is. You have um, Pittsburgh. You have Nebraska. You have Wisconsin. And you have the defending national champions, Texas. Now, they weren't supposed to be there, but they are in the final four. They will all be matching up in the semifinals um, this Saturday. And then the finals, I believe, is the Monday uh, so let's look at the Division One Volleyball National Championship is coming up, and let's all see how it turns out. We'll go to commercial, and then we're coming right back. Great job. Great job in volleyball. All righty.
right. Welcome back. Dr. Cliff Burton Friends featuring the absolute very best in all the women's sports and HBCU athletics. We want to come on and talk about our Women Executive of the Week. She is such a tremendous woman. Her name is Vicki Free. Let's remember that name, y'all. Vicki Free. She grew up believing anything was possible. And it's this mentality with which discredits her transition from her own self-described humble beginnings in the American South to her current position as a senior vice president of global marketing for Adidas in Germany. This young lady in her career also had several other VIP positions. She worked at BET Networks as an executive vice president and chief of marketing. She also worked for a two-year stint with Walt Disney Television as a SVP of marketing and brand strategy. And then, of course, prior to accepting her position with Adidas over in Germany in 2022, or right after, she became married. I got married. And that's where the story gets interesting. Jim, and I'm coming to Steve for a comment. Jim, let us know what happened when she got married and became an executive with Adidas. Tell us more. Well, she decided, she took a job with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as the chief impact officer. She's responsible for leading the team's community outreach efforts and implementing impactful initiatives to drive positive change in the Tampa Bay area. Mm. So she's doing it all. Yes, she is. Steve, what are your thoughts on our woman executive of the week? Welcome to the show. None other than my co-host as well, Steve Wright. Coach Steve Wright, tell us what you think. Uh, just outstanding credentials. And when you were going through the stuff that she's uh, accomplished and done, when you uh, mentioned Walt Disney, <laughs> that says a lot. Because, yeah. you know, uh, they, uh, they're kind of different. So uh, <laughs> when you mentioned Walt Disney, I was like, yeah, she, she's on, really the, on the top of her game. Just outstanding. Absolutely, absolutely. We also want to welcome Benita Hayes down there in the Music City to the show in our audience tonight. Hello, Benita. Dr. Kemp, give us your comment. Anybody can type in the chat on Miss Vicki Free. Oh, yeah, she is one awesome sister. Um, like Steve said and Jim, you know, anytime you can work um, for those types of companies and just to bring your skills of marketing and branding, help to just build their company up, up up even more um you definitely have the credentials and you're definitely doing something so way to go my sister vicky free all right now yeah yeah all right as we mentioned all the volleyball scores and volleyball a great season is about to come to an end and also this is the time of year that our basketball programs hbcu and start in the conference place let's start bringing it to you and we're going to go over our women's basketball standings. Start with MEAC, Norfolk State, 7-3 overall, Maryland Eastern Shore, 5-5 overall, Morgan State, 4-6, North Carolina Central, 3-6, Copper State, 3-8, Delaware State, 2-7, Howard, 1-9, and, and South Carolina, 1-10. Those are our standings right now in the women's MEAC conference. They haven't played any conference games. Those are their overall Now, let's take it to the women. In the SWAC, Southwestern Athletic Conference, Bethune Cookman, 6 and 3, Jackson State, 5 and 2, Alabama AM, 4 and 3, Grambling State, 4 and 5, Prairie View, 3 and 4, Arkansas Pine Bluff, 4 and 7, Alcorn State, 2 and 5, Texas Southern, 1 and 6, 
Southern one and six, Florida A&M one and seven, Mississippi Valley State one and nine, and Alabama State, the Hornets, oh, and seven. So there you have it in the SWAT. They haven't played any conference games yet. That's just their overall records. Now, let's go to the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference. And they have played some conference games. We're going to give them to you both, the overall and then the conference. The defending champion, Rust, 10-2 overall, 2-0 in conference play. Wiley, 9-4 overall, 4-1 in conference play. Fisk, 6-6 overall, 3-1 in conference play. Dillard, 3-6 overall, 2-1 in conference play. Philander Smith, the runner-up last year in the Gulf Coast Conference, 9-4 overall, 2-2 in conference play. Tugaloo, 1-6 overall, 1-2 in conference play. Talladega, 3-4 overall, 1-2 in conference play. Oakwood, 3-9 and 1-3 and and in conference play. Southern University of New Orleans, Louisiana, 1-10 overall, 1-3 in conference play. And the Virgin Islands, 0-6 overall and 0-2 in conference play. So there you have it. I don't want your comment. They're off and running. Tell us what you think, James, about the women so far in our conferences. Start with the Gulf Coast, Jim. Well, I think the Gulf Coast is going to be a closely race between about two or three teams. Mm-hmm. But I, I will say this, Cliff, listening to they have go to Virgin Islands, I think that might be a trap game like uh, Atlanta is sometimes. <laughs> you get out to the Virgin Islands and forget where you are and just have a good time. And, oh, I got to have a game. <laughs> but I remember last year it was very – the the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference is very competitive. Yes. And they're expanding. So next year they're, I believe they'll have up to 14 teams. Yes. But it's a good little conference. Yes, it is. Uh, Dr. Kiki Baker-Barnes, you're right, Jim, is doing a great job. Let's go ahead. We'll start getting it out like we do every year. So the March Madness Fever, the uh, Gulf Coast Athletic Conference Tournament will be held, I believe, February 28th through March 3rd this year. It's going to be held in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, on the campus of Stillman College. Start getting your tickets early, okay? Oh. uh, Yeah, go ahead, Jim. And Cliff, all of their games are on HBCU+. Plus. Yes. So That's a deal game. that Kiki Baker-Barnes has worked out. Absolutely. So there's no excuse. We can see our teams play. That's for sure. All righty. All right. Now, I want to move on a little bit here, and I want to move on to our women's Division One college uh, basketball standings. And um, let's just talk about number one, Don Staley for a while. Steve, what are your thoughts on Don Staley, number one, again, in college basketball? Well, I'm not surprised. Uh, I, I'm, them being undefeated at this point uh, is really not surprising, but they, they've got some, some uh, you know, when, it gets, when they get into conference play, you know, they'll have some tough games and stuff like that, tough slating. But I believe they are ahead of probably where even Don thought they were going to be at this point of the year. But with her and the way she puts together a team, uh, they've got a uh, – when I watched them play earlier this year, they've got a, a little point guard there that that's new that was just in attack mode all the time. They – they scored over a hundred, I think, maybe four or five times this year, 
And I think she's really got them rolling, especially after since the way last year ended in such a disappointment. She's really bounced back strong and, and put together a good team. So I think, you know, they'll be there in the end. They'll, they'll be there. I think that I actually think they'll they'll be better than LSU this year. All righty. The second one, and they're in the top, uh, right at the end of the top 10. I just want to talk about this one. We've got some good ones. UCLA is at the top. Utah is in the top five. But let's talk about this one, Dr. Kemp. LSU, they have one player, Kettery Poole, who is not with the team anymore. So she's not coming back. But yet, LSU beat somebody by record over close to 90 points the other night. And uh, it looks like Angelise is back. Uh, do you think they're going to be a Final Four team this year? Talking about the LSU Tigers and Coach Kim Mulkey. Dr. Kemp? Uh, I think it's a possibility that they will if they just continue to just stay focused um, on their game plan. And I know Kim would, uh, their coach Kim Mulkey will definitely keep them, um, you know, f- focus as much as she possibly can. If they can just get out of everything that's going on around them and mm-hmm. continue to just play um, like they want to get a, a second championship, I think it's a possibility that they, they can be there. All righty. We'll keep an eye out. LSU, of course, South Carolina. Jim, I'll come to you to one more question. This year, Ozzie Fudd is injured out for the year with the UConn Huskies. They also have been out of the top 10 for the first time in Chino Emma, probably in a decade and a half of in the, not, in the top 10. Do you think that Geno still has enough talent on that team that they can still make it to the Final Four this year? Talk about our UConn Huskies, Jim. I think so, but I think he might need to, because uh, last year, I think Fudd got hurt a little bit, but Paige Beckert, the number one player of the year before, was out, and now she's back. So he might need to get another uh, strength and conditioning coach, but he's got the talent. He's got the talent to keep, you know, to get to that final four. Yeah. And Jim, and, I believe they still have the forward, Aaliyah Edwards, who's a great player too. I so, believe so. Uh, yeah, they still have some stuff to go with him. So uh, we'll keep an eye. That's Division One women and see how it goes in the March Madness. Now let's talk a little HBCU men's basketball standings in the MEAC. Here we go. And Jim, we have a story on Norfolk State when we get through with our conferences tonight. Norfolk State, 7-3 overall, leading the MEAC. Delaware State, 6-7. and seven. North Carolina Central, 5-7. and seven. Howard, 4-6. and six. Morgan State, 4-6. and six. South Carolina State, 3-8. and eight. Maryland Eastern Shore, 2-6. and six. And Coppin State is pulling up the rear, unfortunately, at 1-11. and 11. So there you have it. That's the MEAC. Now, let's go to our SWAC men's basketball standards. And by the way, the MIAC hadn't played any conference games yet. Not a sweat. But through Cookman, five and four overall. Alabama State, four and four. Prairie View and M, four and five. Southern, four and six. Arkansas Pine Bluff, four and eight. Florida AM, the Rattlers are two and five. Grambling State, two and seven. Jackson State, two and seven. Alabama AM, one and eight. Alcorn State, one and nine. And Texas Southern, one and seven. And Mississippi Valley State are 0 and 10. Only one team in men's SWAT competition and men's outside competition right now has a winning record, and that's Bethune-Cookman. But that's the way it is right now in the men's division in the SWAT conference, okay? Now, 
Take it to the Gulf Coast. Here we go. And they have played some in-conference games. Talladega, 9-1 overall, 2-0 in conference play. Tugaloo, 10-3 overall, 3-1 in conference play. They're the defending champions. They made it to the Elite Eight in the NAIA tournament last year. Philander Smith, 6-5 overall, 3-1 in conference play. Coached by Todd Day. Dillard, 6-4 overall, 2-1 in conference play. Wiley, 6-6, 2-2 overall. Uh, six and six overall, two and two in conference play. Rush four and four, one and one in conference play. Southern University of New Orleans one and twelve overall, one and two in conference play. Oakwood one and eleven, and one and two in conference play. Fisk University four and nine overall, one and three in conference play. Coached by Kenny Anderson and Virgin, the Virgin Islands, excuse me, two and four overall, zero oh and two in conference play. Steve, give me your comments on the Gulf Coast Conference. We have two NBA coaches, Todd Day and Philander Smith, Kenny Anderson at Fisk University, but also Coach Strathers at Tugaloo taking that team to the Elite Eight. Where do you see the Gulf Coast Conference heading this year, men's basketball? You know, I think they're, they're very competitive. So it's going to be no clear cut probably, you know, to near the end, but you watch in the tournament. When the tournament comes up, don't be surprised. <laughs> if somebody that you think doesn't have a chance, a middle of the pack team, mm -hmm. ends up winning that conference. And I had forgotten that Todd was uh, coaching. I had forgotten all about it. And I, I knew that he was, but I had forgotten all about it. I knew that Kenny, of course, is here at home with, with us at Fisk. But I had forgotten that Todd was uh, coaching because he did coach some high school ball, too, uh, back in his hometown in Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah. But – Sure. Thank you, Steve. Dr. Kemp, give me your uh, comments on the men's Gulf Coast Athletic Conference outlook. Yeah, they seem to have a better record. The, the, the teams that are in the Gulf, the Gulf Coast um, conference. Uh, conference, they pretty much seem to have a better overall record starting you know, out um, versus the other conferences. Um, I think as, as Steve said, it's going to be, um, it's going to be interesting just to see, you know, who will come out on top because right now, um, they're playing pretty good. Um, it's not, you know, though you have a few teams, um, you know, that are not doing so well, but, uh, overall everybody is kind of, you know, in, in the middle there. So it's going to be interesting just to see, um, who's going to come out on top as well. Well, everybody's going on the break. They're coming back. They're going to be ready in January with the conference breaks. We're going to take a quick break, and we're coming right back with Nick. Listen, Pamela at PRenaeEstates.com, 404-964-4294, PRenaeEstates.com. If you're in the state of Georgia, looking for residential, commercial, land, builder, developer, or investor services, one more time, Pamela at PRenaeEstates.com. 
Welcome back to the Cliff Burton Friends featuring the absolute very best in all of women's sports and HBCU athletics. We want to say welcome to everybody engaged on the line. We have about 20 in there to listen to tonight. We also want to say welcome to those in the chat room. We also want to say welcome to all of those who download our show stateside. We talk about New Jersey, West Virginia. We have Washington, D.C. We have in Tennessee who are downloading our shows. We have so many more, New York. And then we want to say welcome to our friends that are in other countries in our Podbean world, Bangladesh, Singapore, Poland, Canada, Ukraine. Welcome to you again, the Dr. Cliff Burton and friends. Jim, take us away. Well, in the black college football world, we have 10 openings that have come open since the season ended. Mm. You know, South Carolina, well, Kenneth Berry, the head coach formerly at Benedict with the undefeated season, had his choice based in between South Carolina State and Texas Southern. He chose South Carolina State and made a big splash in his uh, introductory press conference. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, Allen College's coach, which is down the street from Benedict, I believe, they their coach left to go to Clark. We have openings at Morehouse, now Benedict, Texas Southern, Grambling, who fired Hugh, uh, I forget his name, Hugh Jackson. Southern fired their coach, Eric Dooley, midseason. Mm-hmm. University of Arkansas, Pine Bluff, Allen, and St. Augustine all are looking for coaches. So it's going to be an interesting little bit. You know, you might have, you probably will have a lot of coaches move around. I mean, Fred McNair of Alcorn State is rumored to be thinking about Texas Southern. So you, you probably will have a lot of your uh, HBCU coaches moving around. Mm-hmm. Now, going to the NCAA Division Three bracket. Mm-hmm. The championship game this weekend will be played between North Central and Illinois and Cortland College, which is located in New York. Mm-hmm. Division Two will have the championship of Harding College and Colorado School of Mines. Mm. Again, will be played on the weekend. And one double A, formerly known as one double A, but now known as football championship conference, is going there in their final four, which has South Dakota State versus Albany on one side, and on the other side, North Dakota State versus Montana. The championship game will be played after Christmas, one seven. Mm-hmm the 7th of January, rather. Now, next we have the Florida Beach Bowl is being played as we speak. Okay. And one thing that we don't think about when we talk about bowl games, and a lot of bowl games are in three states, Texas, Florida, and California. And count Georgia, too. And if you count those states, you probably come up with 35% of your football players. Mm-hmm. Now, in this game, the Florida Peach Bowl between Johnson C. Smith and Fort Valley State, 35 of the players hail from the state of Florida. So mm. it's like a homecoming for them. Mm. Mm. All right. We also have our 
Celebration Bowl down in Atlanta this weekend between Howard and FAMU, which you know there's going to be a good time in Atlanta with those two yeah. schools. Yeah. Yeah. You hear the crowd already, Cliff. You go. <laughs> Marlo and Cliff know what I'm talking about. When you we went to the uh, game in Memphis, yeah. and the party was all weekend. It just happened <laughs> to be around the game. But I, I think those are going to be two good teams. You know, Howard's record is not the best, but they gave uh, Northwestern all they could handle and barely lost to, at Northwestern. Mm-hmm. So look forward to a good game this weekend. All right. Now, we Deion Sanders has been in the news for a couple of things. One, I'm not going to touch. But, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh. Okay, keep going. Oh, you have me scared. I thought my, my stuff went out. But um, <laughs> Deion, yeah, well, let's look. He's been named Sports Illustrated Coach of the Year. He was 4-8, and eight, started out 3-0. and oh. But he had a transformation of that, that Colorado. He infused a lot of enthusiasm in there. He's gotten five transfers already. Four were D-line, uh, offensive line players and starters. Mm-hmm. So you look for, I think he's going to try to go too deep mm-hmm. and probably try to get, like I said, two at every position. But one other thing that is happening in Colorado is the coaching staff is changing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, he, Sean Lewis, was uh, had his play calling duties taken away at the beginning, uh, at the middle of the year, when things started to go bad for Colorado. And he's had got Pat Shermer, former NFL offensive coordinator, running the offense. Mm-hmm. He also is losing uh, a Colorado, the offensive line coach, which you know is going to be made a fall guy. There's, they're replacing that. He also is having Nick Williams, the defensive end coach, leaving for Syracuse. But it has been said that one reason for his departure might be for Warren Sapp to come on that mm-hmm. staff. And Colorado legend Darian Hagan is leaving to go to San Diego State to be the running back coach. Mm-hmm. Now, as, as you find out with most teams, when you have such a, you know, first year, there's going to be a lot of turnover in coaches as well. Some coaches might not like his ways. Some coaches might find better offers. Some coaches he might want to put a better coach in. So we'll just look and see. I'll also say that Travis Hunter received first Team All American honors this year. Wow. Yes, he's a great, he's a great. He is. I just hope he does not get, you know, I I was watching a a program on Charles Woodson when he won the Heisman in 1997 playing both ways. But I just hope Travis doesn't get worn down playing both ways. That's my only question. That many plays. Yeah. Because that is a hard road to follow, trying to play basically all the snaps. Yeah. Yeah. In the NFL. Uh oh. <laughs> we have been having, it's been fun. You know, we had three upsets this weekend. And, you know, I think a lot of people 
fans especially will always say, well, they ought to win every game. Every game they're going to lose is the coach's fault. And, and all the great wins they have, well, they just play. No, you, sometimes you have teams such as, let's look at the uh, Detroit Lions play the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears are a good young team with Justin Fields. And they just came out and got it Everything clicked for them on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Kansas City Chiefs are kind of in a free fall. But I think they're going to be all right to come playoff time. But they just have to – the receivers have to catch the ball. And that play with Kadarius Toney, where he was obviously lined up offsides, they didn't call it early. Mm-hmm. But he was – able to run the play. They had the pitch to him, and he scored a touchdown, but he was offside. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to clean up some things, but I think they still are going to be formidable. Mm-hmm. And then you come down to the, the track show, the Miami Dolphins, mm-hmm. who were able to be slowed down by uh, the Tennessee Titans with Mike Vrabel. They were, 50, they were 14 points down with about four minutes left. They scored a touchdown, and they went for two. Then they scored and held them three and out. Then they scored another touchdown and won the game 27 to 28. Mm. So, like I said, you will find a lot of a lot these times, a lot of teams, you know, as you, Steve, Marlo, everybody knows, you go through highs and lows when you're playing in the season. Mm-hmm. You know, Pittsburgh has had a great year with Mike Tomlin with what talent he has, but they've lost the two two win teams. Mm-hmm. It just happens. Now, having said all that, and coming to the end of my time, you got the Miami Dolphins in first place. And in, in 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 the AFC, you have eleven teams that have six wins or more. So I think only New England. Mm-hmm. I think only New England has been formally, and probably the Jets need to be, but they are only there are only a couple of teams that have been formally eliminated from the process. The Ravens are ten and three. Jacksonville Jaguars eight and five. Kansas City is eight and five. You go over to the NFC and you have Dallas, Renee which <laughs> whooped up on Philadelphia. Philadelphia is one of those other teams I said that's going through some things right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The dog days of the season are getting to them, but Dallas was able to beat Philadelphia. Now they're in first place. You've got San Francisco in the West. You've got still the Lions in the North and that great NFC South, which anybody can win and anybody can lose. I believe Tampa and... New Orleans, uh, every everybody in, in there has a chance except for Carolina, mm-hmm. Tampa, New Orleans, and Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And I'll say this: if Atlanta were able to ju- to get Justin Fields, watch out because wow. that's going to be a potent team. Mm-hmm. Now, my top, bringing it to end, my top five: San Francisco has climbed back on top after you know. They went through a lull losing three games, but they look like they're hitting all cylinders now. Baltimore Ravens, number two. Dallas, I'm going to say the Cleveland Browns, just because I had to put somebody there, and the Philadelphia Eagles are hanging on by a thread. All right. Mm -hmm. Mm 
Jim, I do want to take an extra minute or two, and I want our audience, uh, as you finish up the football report, I want our audience to know we're going to go to about 9.05, because, Jim, I want you to speak on this, something that happened. Going back to men's HBCU basketball, a game last night or the night before was played between Norfolk State and the MEAC HBCU, and I believe Eastern or Northern Illinois. And Jim, take two minutes to go into that, and let's talk about what happened and where that case is. Jim? Well, now we know you, as we were listening earlier, Norfolk State is seven and three, and their coach, Robert Jones, has been playing real well. And, you know, all of our HBCUs go play money games throughout the country. So they ended up this weekend at Illinois State. And they were up 46 to 40. And evidently some of the Illinois State fans called some of the uh, players for Norfolk State out of their name with the N-word. Now, it got back to their coach, Robert Jones, who went toward the stands, told the officials. And then all of a sudden, the coach, Pilot, from Illinois State, comes running at Robert Jones, yelling at him, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. So... After the game, they asked him what he was doing. Well, he said, you know, I was protecting my players. I'm Italian. I just, I'm emotional like that. So I didn't even hear what Coach Jones said, which is a red flag right there, that you're going to run after and, and start yelling at somebody. You don't even know what they said. So Coach Jones got his players together. They left. Uh, Coach Pilot tried to apologize, but he said he's not accepting that because you didn't listen to what I said and you waited till 6 million people saw the video to decide to apologize. Mm -hmm. Later on this week, because it happened on Saturday, the uh, AD or the spokesperson for the AD put out a statement that said, we don't tolerate any of that stuff. And Jones said, still, you know, you still haven't made a comment about the play, about your fans calling my players the N-word. So he's not accepting those apologies. I think the coach of Illinois State should be in some hot water because if you played for him, how would you feel mm-hmm. that he's yelling at another coach for basically sticking up for his players, for some fans, not players, using the N-word? Mm-hmm. And I just want to ask this question because you two played basketball and, and Cliff, you played uh, Principia. is probably around where um, Illinois State is. Have you ever, have you guys ever had a problem with somebody calling you out of your name? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I won't name the college. Uh, we had a couple in our conference back then uh, from the stands, from the stands. Uh, nothing was done about it. We kept playing. It wasn't the other team, but some of their fans. So, yeah. You know, I have, I have not experienced what I've experienced it with my son at a soccer meet in Indiana where some yahoos from St. Louis were basically talking about his hair and another black boy's hair. So, Jim, let me turn it over. I want Steve to address the situation, his thoughts, and then take us straight in to the basketball men's NCAA update, the NBA. And, of course, we're going to challenge our audience to put in their all-NBA first five team tonight. Everybody type it in at the end. So, Steve, 
Give us your comments first on this situation with Norfolk State, and then take us on into your segment. We're going to go to about 9.05 or 9.10 tonight, whatever it takes. Steve? Well, uh, Jim did a great job of yeah. covering that. And um, yep. I actually saw a picture of yep. one of the people that they showed in the stands that they identified as one of the culprits of uh, using the N-word. And you could just tell by the look on his face that it was just, he looked like somebody would just freely just roll off of his lips with no problem. Mm. Almost like the picture that they had of uh, Jerry Jones in Arkansas when he was at the front of the line when the, the uh, black kids were going into the school. It looked like it was just on his face when he was getting ready. He was there to, you know, out of curiosity, he said, but he was there to spit and use the N-word just like the rest of the crew. But like Jim said, if you're playing for the coach of Illinois State, you have to think about that. How do you feel about your coach doing what he did and you are a black player mm -hmm. how do you feel his true colors came out mm -hmm. his true colors came out if you ask me that's that's the kind of person that you're playing for his true colors came out so uh i, I think that was good jim and like you said i wouldn't even accept the apology either i don't want to hear that before you go on the NCAA, I want, to, I want Dr. Kemp to weigh in, and then we're coming right back to you, Steve. Uh, Dr. Kemp, your thoughts on this story with Norfolk State and Illinois. Again, audience, we're taking a little longer tonight, but this is very important. Be, pay, be patient with this. Type your comments in the chat. Dr. Kemp? Very interesting. Um, being from Illinois, I'm not surprised, especially that being downstate in normal mm -hmm. Illinois. Um, hate that, of course, that it happened, um, but I'm not surprised in terms of the action of the um, coach. Um, and, and I agree with the statement, um, you know, if, if I was a player playing for the coach, you know, it would actually make me second guess, you know, the, the coach's actions um, and, and, you know, and the way that he handled that situation. Um, and it wasn't until after the public saw his actions that he kind of wanted to backtrack, you know, mm -hmm. what he wanted to say. Um, so it would definitely make me, make me think twice. Um, you know, I would always probably have that in the back of my mind, um, especially if I'm on scholarship or something. Um, however, but being from Illinois and it being at Illinois state and I have, I have family members that went to Illinois state. So I, I'm, I'm really not surprised. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're going to come back to Steve. I want to, I want to say that the uh, athletic department has made some gestures and apologies. The coach didn't, but their school, given some credit, has tried to address this issue. Steve, I'm going to come on back to, back to you for men's sports. Steve, Coach Steve? Good. Well, uh, two words for Illinois State uh, basketball players. Transfer portal. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Now, uh, NCAA basketball, we, we have a top 10 of Arizona is number one. They're looking very good. They're undefeated. They've got size. They've got shooters. They've got people who can put it on the floor and create. They've got some paint touchers. Uh, they're number one. Kansas is number two. They're not deep, but they're good. Bill Self does his best work when he doesn't have the type of team that you think should be on top. He When he's got a great team, that's when he's going to implode at some point in the year and blow it. But when he's got a team that's not great, he usually does his best work. 
Purdue comes in at number three, and Arizona will play Purdue this week. So you'll have big 7-3 Zach Eady against 7-1 Umar Balo from Arizona. Uh, two trees going against each other. They, they won't have to double team um, Eady like most teams do. Balo could could do a job by himself where you can uh, get out and you don't have to worry about leaving a shooter open. Houston comes in at number four. They're undefeated. Uh, they're rocking and rolling. They, um, they, they, they've got L.J. Cryer, who came from Baylor, who is an absolute stud in leading them in scoring. And they are deep and physical. Uh, they, they lack uh, paint production as far as being able to throw the ball down to somebody and be consistent. They have people who can, but they're not great at that. UConn, last year's national champs, are coming in at five. Uh, they just got Stefan Castle back from a knee injury, the freshman point guard, who is a one-and-done kid. Uh, he's back playing. He's got a couple of games under his belt. Baylor comes in at number six. They have uh, a great backcourt, great uh Backcourt players coming off the bench. Their forwards are playing pretty good. If they get anything from their forwards this year, as far as being able to score a little bit in the paint to take the pressure off, they're going to be really good. Marquette is number seven. They come at you in waves. They're well coached by Shaka Smart. Uh, they're not deep. Uh, uh, losing uh, the Prosper kid, who's with the Dallas Mavericks, that that really hurt them. They think it doesn't, but that that hurt that they were a Final Four team. It still could be with Prosper, though. I would have thought they would get to the Final Four. Creighton comes in at number eight. A great offensive machine. They've got uh, inside, outside. They've got they've got everything. They've got a they've got a bench. They're a pretty deep team. Uh, they they've got some role players that know their job and know what they're doing. North Carolina, and let me say blah behind that. Comes in at number nine. You know how I feel about North Carolina. Uh, uh, hey, look, don't get me wrong. As far as a human being and a man, I really think Dean Smith is top notch. Was top notch. God rest his soul. I think he's top notch as a human about being. It. About yeah. But as a basketball coach, he knew X's and O's. You know, he knew he knew the game. But triple more kids than polio. <laughs> I mean, who, who, I mean, Jordan, come on, man. He's the only one to ever hold Jordan under 20 points. Uh, <laughs> coming in at number 10 is Gonzaga, living a lie. Uh, they, uh, they've got two transfers. One actually missed all of last year, the big center, Graham Ike, but he's playing well, especially considering that he missed the whole year. And then they've got, uh, Nimhard, the, uh, kid that, um, uh, transferred from Creighton. Who was a starter and did well at Creighton, and uh, uh, he's 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 playing well for them too. They're they're good and they they've got size like they always do. I don't even know if they'll win their conference this year. I mean, if not, they'll come in second. But they've got a little competition this year. But uh, they're still good. But you have some teams playing well. Oklahoma's nine and zero. Clemson is nine and zero. Kentucky has got Aaron Bradshaw back now. He's got two games under his belt. And uh, 
I think in those two games, he's averaging 10 points a game. Uh, Miami was blown out by Colorado. I didn't see that coming. Uh, I thought it would be a more competitive game, but uh, they beat uh, they beat Miami by almost 30 points. I mean, they blew them out of the gym. Wow. But uh, those are the, your, your top 10 teams. Uh, mm-hmm. Everybody's rolling around. It's been a good year. You have a lot of teams. Mm-hmm. In this top ten, which is unusual, that have played each other. In this top ten, a lot of these teams have played each other. North Carolina and UConn have played. Uh, Arizona and Purdue are getting ready to play. <clears throat> uh, uh, let me see. Uh, Marquette has played uh, Purdue. Uh, Gonzaga has played, uh, who did they play? I want to say they played one well, Arizona. But anyway, you've got a lot of teams in this top 10 that have, that, that have played each other and then, you know, trying to knock, knock each other's heads off. But it's good. It's great competition. You've got some other games coming up this week in the top 10 that'll be playing each other also. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Kentucky is playing, um, this week they've got a tough one this week uh, and uh kansas I, I can't remember who they're playing but it's some tough games this week and then you've got with the big 12 going on with houston being a part of that big 12 with kansas i mean it's going to be really something i mean it may be the best conference all right uh, coming out so yeah see we're gonna yeah. take one minute break and then we're going to turn to the nba and at the end we're gonna let everybody else, and you're gonna tell us the top, your top five NBA players of all time. So you'll catch us up on the NBA, the league, and uh, we're gonna take the break. Everybody, start typing in the chat. Jim, Marlo, and myself will give our five, and then uh, we'll go from there. So we're gonna come right back, and we're gonna come back with some NBA. Okay. Welcome back, Dr. Cliff Burton, friends. We want to say welcome. Uh, we have our 33 engaged listeners listening tonight, along with those in the studio. And we want to thank them for their loyalty. Last night, we had some technical uh, problems. We had about 30 on the line. Tonight, we have 33. They've all come back with us. And we want to say thank you. And some. And they've come back with us tonight. So we want to say thank you for that. Now, I want our engagers and definitely those in the studio start preparing to give you top five all best NBA players of all time. And Steve, after he does the NBA, give us an update. We're going to go straight there. Steve, coming right back to you. Breaking news. The NBA has just suspended Draymond Green indefinitely after his uh, third ejection of the year. So you never know what it definitely means. I actually thought he may get, he'd be lucky to get 10 games. I thought he would at least get 15. But, uh, you know, he really hurts his team like that. And that was that was it. That was ugly last night. You can't get past that. And, and, uh, he, I hope somebody will come in and, and um, 
give him the help that he needs because uh, he really hurt his team like that. How, but, how many ejections, Steve, is this for his career? How many ejections? Oh, know? gosh. 19? You know, it's at least that. James, any, any comment? Nine, he's 19. That's what I thought. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that's, that's a lot. Yeah. That's a whole lot. He got a problem. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he got a problem. Jim, what's wrong with your homeboy? But anyway, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> moving on. Nasty, yeah. <laughs> um, with the NBA, the in-season tournament, tournament, excuse me, culminated on the December the 9th. It went very well. Mm -hmm. Rave reviews. The yeah. players actually loved it. Yep. They had nothing but positive things to say. Uh, we had a Final Four of Indiana, uh, the Lakers, New Orleans, and Boston. And um, uh, 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 Indiana beat Boston, and L.A. beat New Orleans. And the Lakers beat um, Indiana 123-109. Um, in the championship game, LeBron James, King James was named MVP. Uh, they actually, they blew out uh, the Pelicans 133 uh, to 89 the night, you know, two nights before, and then put up 123 on Indiana, and which isn't hard to do uh, to put up uh, that against Indiana. But I do like the way Rick Carlisle coaches Indiana. They 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 know what the game's about. The game's about baskets. It's about buckets, and uh, you ought to be able to stop people. That's the easiest thing to teach is defense. That should be your most consistent thing. That's what I like about Rick Carlisle. But LeBron was named MVP, and they're thinking about naming that in-season trophy after him. Mm. We had uh, two nights of an Anthony Davis sighting there. Yeah. Where he played and, he and dominated. He yes, was he almost he was almost like uh the, the AD that played in New Orleans. Yeah. So that, you know, everything is great. You've got a light NBA schedule tonight. I've been checking out uh, some games with Philadelphia and Detroit. Speaking of that, let me preface this by saying I'm gonna use bad English uh <laughs> when I'm gonna address this to Jim. Jim, what Monty doing? <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I don't know. I, I don't know. Now, I'll say this. There is a place Wingstop will give out free wings once the Pistons win. I'm, hey, look. So I'm, I can I'm leave now. See before Christmas. <laughs> but, you know, well, one thing I will say, Steve, that uh, Tom Gores, the, the, G, the owner, uh -huh. hired Monty Williams, whereas uh, the GM wanted to hire Kevin Ollie. Mm, okay. So you look at that, that's a that's a shaky pairing as you to Troy Weaver wanted to hire Kevin Ollie. So that's a shaky yeah. pairing right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> From Jump Street. And, uh, and also in the NBA, look, speaking of ejections, they had uh, – and 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 Marlo, you 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 know this, Doctor Kemp in Chicago, they have the largest Serbian population in the United States. Well, the Nuggets uh, played at Chicago last night, and the Joker, uh, Nikola jo uh, Jokic, was ejected. Wow! And he was ejected 
after giving a tech, they gave him a tech and threw him out, which is unusual. He got ejected for a word that he said it wasn't the N-word. He got ejected for a word that was directed at an official that he said everybody says all the time and, you know, nothing happens. Well, they were celebrating, uh, 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 I guess, Serbia, Serbia mm-hmm. night at, yeah. at, at, at Chicago, and they threw him out of that game. That came, you know, that night. seems kind of personal right there. <laughs> a night to celebrate this country, Steve? Oh, Marla, no. That, does that seem personal to you, Dr. Kim? <laughs> I don't Kim. know. That seems very personal, yes. (laughs) I'm like, you got the Joker coming in there. And look, in the 16 minutes he played, he had four points. He already had nine rebounds and six assists in 16 minutes. And you know he's going to get about 23, 24 more points. That boy's a great player, man. Yeah, but um, uh, Joel Embiid is – Still leading the league and scoring at 33 a game. Luka Doncic, um, he was hurt the other night uh, against the Lakers. They didn't know he was going to play. It was a game-time decision. He was limping around. Uh, his back's messed up. Doing And he, and he put 30-plus and, 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 and 10 or 12 assists. I mean, he's playing great. And then you look at Tyrese Halliburton, who at this at the quarter part of this season is looking like an MVP candidate because he's – Basically, averaging uh, twenty-seven and ten wow. right now. You know, those are those are <laughs> phenomenal averages right there. So you, you you've got a lot going on. But moving on, Cliff, this this will this will be a good, healthy debate for our listeners online from all over. Yeah, uh, the top five NBA players. Yeah, all are the five. My own, my own starting five. Let me start out. Let me start out, Steve. You're the expert. I'll get mine. We'll go to Jim Marlowe. We'll ask Benita. And I think uh, I saw a DOS, a young man, and the Diana can type in their top five NBA starting top players of all time if you had to start a basketball team. And so uh, here we go. I'll name mine, and I'll put in the chat. Uh, Magic Johnson at the point guard. I'm going to put... Jordan at two. I'm going to pick Kobe at my shooting forward. Uh, even though he's out of position, I'm throwing LeBron James at power forward. No one's going to beat this team. And in the middle, I'm going with Akeem the Dream, Elijah Warren. I think that's my top five players for the way I would draft the team today. Magic, Jordan, Kobe, LeBron, and Akeem Elijah Warren. I'll put it in the chat. All right, Steve, we'll go to Dr. Kemp. James, and then we want to hear what you, the expert, have to say. Dr. Kemp? All right. I put mine in the chat. I said Jordan, Michael. I'm sorry. Jordan, Magic, Bill Russell, Bird, and Walt Chamberlain. Walt Chamberlain. That's Wilt now. Wilt Chamberlain. Sorry. All right, now. (laughs) Okay. Jim, let me open up the mic for you. All right. Well, Marlo spoke that like a true Chicagoan with Michael and Jordan on the same (laughs) team, but you know what? I'm going to say, you know, Magic, Michael. I, I You know, because he killed us so many times. I got to put Larry Bird somewhere in there. Uh, all right. So I'm putting all him right. at the forward. I like the idea. Uh, you know, I might put Wilt at the four. And you got to go with the 11-time champion Bill Russell for something. Okay. Uh, 
I'll put my name there, but you got to forgive my spelling. Doctors can't spell. So if Elijah wants to wrong, forgive it. All right. See? Uh, hold up. Here's Benita. She always waits until everybody else puts theirs and then put her. Benita didn't type in the chat. Benita Hayes out of Tennessee. Come on. Put it in the chat. Well, Steve, a few more minutes to go. Okay. Benita, Jordan, LeBron, Spud Will, and Reggie Miller. Okay, Benita, we need one more. That's a starting four. <laughs> All right. You know. We did this in the summer, Steve. You didn't know this. Give us one more, Miss Hayes. <laughs> Jordan, LeBron, Spud, and Cliff. I hear you. I'll take that one. All right, Steve. <laughs> well, Steve, uh, give us your reasoning. You have some very compelling reasons and uh, a basketball expert. Uh, but um, tell us why you choose and what you choose, Steve. Okay. Uh, not so fast, y'all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, look. Cliff, you, you, I, I do like what you did with LeBron. I did a little different. My top five, I have LeBron at point guard, Kobe at shooting guard, Jordan at small forward, Giannis, the Greek freak, Antetokounmpo at the power forward. And how did you all miss this one? The ninth wonder of the world at center, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> All the right. most unstoppable force <laughs> on earth. Yeah, I, I, I knew you were going to come back to that one. Cliff, I thought about, I, Cliff, I thought about you it. you know better. <laughs> I thought, I know. Tell me you had a point, Steve. I'm typing you <laughs> to the chat. Tell me your five again. Uh, I have LeBron, LeBron James, a point guard. Kobe Bryant, a shooting guard. Uh -huh. Michael Jordan, a small forward. Giannis okay. Antetokounmpo at power okay. forward. Giannis. And Kareem Abdul-Jabbar at center. All right. Steve, now wait, one quick, one quick Jabbar story. Yeah. This came from a pro player. He said, when he played, he played against Kareem. He said, you knew what kind of game Kareem was going to have by the way his hair looked. Mm -hmm. They said if his hair was, the afro was combed and neat, he was going to dominate on offense and defense. They said if his hair was not combed and afro was wild, he was just going to dominate on offense. I'm not going to tell you why, but he was going to dominate. Oh, man. All right. Great segment, Steve. Great segment. Thanks for bringing it to us. We are we're going all the way to Just a few more minutes. We wanted to make sure, though, we got the story in on Norfolk State and Northern Illinois. Anytime these things come up, we're going to speak about it. Um, Jim, uh, you're going to be on the show Saturday morning. It's the Sheffield Show. Shut the show. Tell us a little about that deal yourself and Mark Jones, our parent company. Tell us about it in a few seconds, Jim. Well, we, every other Saturday, we were on on the 9th. We'll be back on the 23rd. We're on Wake Up Call with uh, Horace Sheffield. And you can find the Wake Up Call Detroit on uh, YouTube and Facebook Live. So we're usually on from 8.30 to 9.00 a.m. on Saturday mornings, and we'll be back on on the 23rd of December. All righty. Thanks so much, Jim. Now, before we get off the air, next week, 1219, back to Tuesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, we have a special show. We wouldn't dream of ending our year and starting the new year without it. Many of our women on our show, coaches, 
former players, athletes. We talk about the issues of discrimination, many other things. They also have to deal with finances and issues when they're through playing as they head into 40s, 50s, midlife. We have an expert coming on to talk about that and many other areas of life. Her name is Dr. Alonda Stevens. She's a life coach and she has her own company, a certified positive psychology, health and wellness life coach. She focuses on self-care and well-being for the mind, body, primarily for midlife, women 40 years or older. This is for daughters, wives, mothers, grandmothers, but also men. All three on this network here on the show tonight have daughters, they have mothers and all. So please spread the word. It's going to be over 200 people on the line. We're already spreading it. It's a special edition. We only do about 15 minutes of sports, maybe 25, and the other 35 to 45. We'll be chatting with our expert, Dr. Alonda Stevens. So spread that word. This one's going to be great. Please, please, please. We have 44 engaged on the line right now. I want to say thank you for coming back tonight. We had to make up the show. We had some technical difficulty last night. Um, I'm going to ask before we get off, Dr. Kemp, a brief thought on what are your thoughts. I'm going to come to you last, Dr. Kemp, for next week. Uh, Steve, your thoughts on the show coming next week. I'm already uh, anticipating a great show next week. That is, that is, that's going to be a great show. I'm telling you right now off the bat, that's going to be a great show. Everyone can benefit from, from this show. And I just can't wait to, to next week to hear this. Yep. We have 47 engaged on the line. Please, we want you coming back. Tell everybody about it. We want over 200 people engaged, as well as 20 to 25 in the studio. Jim, your thoughts. Next week's show with Dr. Alonda Stevens. Well, after talking to Dr. Stevens during homecoming, it's going to be a great show because she is very detailed on what she does and very good at it. Yeah. So please come back on next word. Tuesday. Yep. And spread the word like wildfire. Dr. Kemp, as always, give me the last word. Dr. Kemp? Uh, amazing topic that we will have next week. I can't wait for Dr. Alonda to share her knowledge and wisdom that she will definitely share with us. So I can't wait for next week. We just want to thank everyone for listening as usual. We definitely appreciate it. And Jim, just want to let you know that you forgot about the Giants beating the Packers at the last <laughs> second. And Anthony Davis was definitely awesome. He should have won the MVP awards. Award. All righty. Hey. All righty. Hey, again, Jim, Marla, Steve, on behalf of our Hall of Famer, Ms. Joelle Bowers. And by the way, before we leave, Jeff, we want to congratulate you, his son, Jeff Jr., is graduating tomorrow from college. We want to graduate all of our December, congratulate all of our December graduates across this country and all of their parents, okay? So again, thank you so much. We'll see everybody back in 168 hours from now. All right now. Thank you so much, everybody. Good night. Good night, everybody.